everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Sierra Chapman. Sarah Chapman is an African-American woman missing from Trotwood, Ohio. Sierra is a mother, a daughter, a friend, and so much more. People who knew her described her as the life of the party and full of energy. She was last seen on December 27, 2022. Her last known whereabouts was at an Autumn Woods Drive apartment in Trotwood, Ohio. She was there returning items to her ex. Now, from what has been reported by news agencies, Sarah went to her ex's place to drop a couple items off. Around 4.30 a.m., her Cadillac SUV is seen on surveillance footage leaving. While police can confirm that that is her car in the footage, they aren't exactly sure who is driving the car. Sierra's family tried to reach out to her over the course of the next two days, but they couldn't get her, which was extremely odd. Her sister, Leticia, told WDTN, no matter what time of day Sierra is going to pick up, she could be dead asleep to the world and we could call at 2.30 and she would pick up. So for us to call her and for her not to return our call back, and then days later we call back and still no phone call, nothing. It was just kind of like something is wrong. Now, while family reported her missing two days after she was last seen, they state they had a bit of an issue getting the ball rolling on her case initially. Her Aunt Regina is quoted by Dayton 24-7 now as saying, when we called to report her missing, they told us to wait two days. It's already two days too late. So we had to stay on them to make a report. Now, it appears that once a report was made, police really start putting in the work. Multiple searches have been conducted not only by the police, but it's estimated that over 60 volunteers, including family members, representatives from the Doc Ellis Foundation, and members of the Ohio Search and Rescue have conducted searches in the areas of Middletown, Trotwood, and Dayton. On January 6, 2023, Sierra's Cadillac SUV was found. The car was found in Middletown, Ohio which is about 20 miles away from where she was last seen in Trotwood. From what I found, the car was found about 10.15 a.m. on January 6th by a patrol officer. It was parked in a gravel area between Joel and Shelley Street. And here's the thing, Sierra, she didn't have any ties to Middletown area. So it's not clear why her SUV was there. And unfortunately, her car being found did not provide the answers the police and the community were looking for. While her purse and other personal belongings were inside the trunk, there were no other clues. The car was taken in by police for processing, but no details have been released to the public. 
So far as we know, nothing of immediate importance was actually found in the car. Major Johns, an officer involved in the case who, you see, quoted a lot in a lot of different interviews. He stated, we didn't get anything from her car that would indicate foul play. Now, while he said that, he did acknowledge that, no, the circumstances of the whole disappearance is still very troubling and eerie. Fighting her car with items inside actually increased loved one's fears. Her aunt told Oxygen.com, her belongings were found in a car by law enforcement, and she didn't go anywhere without those items, nor would she go a day without calling her son or picking him up. While her car was found in January, that did not stop the searches. In fact, in February of 2023, the Dayton police held a search in multiple locations with help from EquiSearch, a well-known national search and recovery organization. The search included drones, ATVs, and canine units. Now, Sierra was last seen in Trotwood, and as I said, her car was found in Middletown, about 20-something miles away. Major Brian Johns, he declined to release details about why they were searching the areas they were searching, but he did let the public know that these locations were determined through information they found during the course of their investigation. So it does appear that they are receiving some tips or some clues. In an article from Dayton 24-7 Now titled Sierra Chapman's Family, We're Feeling Anxious, We Just Want to Know, dated back to January 15, 2003, it was reported that the police had spoken to the ex-boyfriend that Sierra went to go see on the day she disappeared. Now, it stated that he gave them a statement over the phone, but he had not came in person to give an interview as of yet. And see, this tad bit, yeah, it leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. You'll see on multiple sites people asking, why haven't the police talked to him in person? And people really get stuck on this. I saw a lot of rage comments kind of really drilling in on this point. But here's the thing, guys. You're not obligated to go with an officer if they are contacting you regarding an interview, especially if you're not an official suspect. My educated guess is that they have tried to get him in for questioning, and he simply said, nah, I'm good. See, right now, Sierra is missing there's no crime on the books related to her case. Officially, there's no crime. Officially, there's no suspect. The key word here is officially. And so they can attempt to get him to come in to talk to them, but legally he can say no. And if, if he talked to any lawyer, they would tell him to say no. And here's the thing, I have lawyer friends and I have picked up a few tips from them, just casually talking to them over dinner, casually ordering Chipotle with them. And some of the tips I picked up from them has been things like, hey, rest, always exercise your right to remain silent if you're ever interacting with officers, even if you're innocent. Or, hey, rest, yeah, always lawyer up. If you are going to open your mouth, if you're ever in a situation when you're talking to a lawyer, your mouth should only be opening to X or your lawyer. Do not talk to them without one and probably don't talk to them unless you are in a case where you have a lawyer and they tell you that you have to. Because here's the thing, police officers, they're allowed to lie to you while they're trying to get you to slip up and telling yourself. 
they can say we have all this evidence and we have all these witnesses and that does not have to be true they can say oh we are going to throw the book at you but guess what they can't that's the prosecutor's job but these are tactics police officers often use when interviewing and because of that people are often warned you know you might get in there you might get scared yeah, don't talk to them and if you absolutely have to talk to them only talk to them with a lawyer because when police lack sufficient enough evidence to charge someone they oftentimes rely on the individual to tell on themselves or at least tell something that will allow them to arrest them which happens often and happens often when they come in for interviews and you may think okay Russ, okay but you mentioned you have lawyer friends you've also worked in law and legal adjacent fields most people don't know that information but here's the thing yeah a lot of people do <laughs> a lot of people actually do know that if people know anything it's usually that it's usually don't talk to the popo and going back to my past experience Yep, I used to work in restorative justice efforts. I did that for about eight years of my career. And during those eight years, I was going in and out of jails, interviewing folks and coming to court, working alongside public defenders and things such as that. And one thing I learned during that time was that the clients I work with, the ones that did a stint or two before in jail, they knew the police code better than some officers. And I don't know if the ex-boyfriend has a record or not, but I say all that to say that for those who are upset that the police have not talked to him in person yet, understand that this is not an easy task. We have certain rights and given where the case is now, at least what the public knows about where the case is now, yeah, he could have refused. And I think that's probably what happened. As of now, Sierra's ex-boyfriend has not been publicly named and there's no word on if he's been questioned further or if he's considered a suspect in her disappearance. Now, I will say this is definitely a case where the police seem to know a lot more than they're telling the public. And I've said this before, this is usually done to not ruin the integrity of the case. And just like you and I listen to the news and listen to podcasts to follow up on cases, violent, devious individuals trying to avoid the law, they do the same as well. It would be in their best interest to do the same if we're being honest. And so with that said, it's kind of hard to know exactly what information the police have or where they are in this case. In an interview with ABC and Fox State and affiliate WRGT-TV, Major John stated that they do not believe Sierra's disappearance was random. They actually find the whole thing very suspicious. Major Brian Johns is quoted by the Dayton Daily News as saying, she didn't go missing by accident. This is a very well planned out, well orchestrated incident and people know. He goes on to say, we're just trying to find her and bring her home. Her family's very worried about her, as are we. This is a very strange behavior for her. We're worried that something bad happened to her. When asked if they believe Sierra may be deceased, Major John said it was a possibility, but that the police were still holding out hope. He went on to say, we need the public's help on this. Sierra is a mother, she's a daughter, her family misses her, 
and we need to find her and solve this case. The family has been heavily involved in the case. They've been doing searches. They've been doing interviews, working with the Doc Ellis Foundation, which is a foundation meant to empower minority victims of human trafficking, domestic violence, and families of missing persons through education awareness and access to services. They have been doing a great job on keeping social media up to date with what's going on in the case and helping with searches and things of that nature. In a YouTube video posted by the Darren Barber Investigates channel, there was a clip from local news in which family members actually gives a little more details about the surveillance video showing Sierra's car leaving her ex-boyfriend's parking lot. One family member mentioned that when Sierra's car left, another car followed right behind her on the video. We also hear a family member stating that they actually reached out to the ex the day that Sierra went missing. And basically, they said her ex said, yeah, I spoke to her, but he wouldn't go into details. Now, at some point in time, Sierra's sister did create a GoFundMe campaign to help with the care of Sierra's son, who is currently being looked after by family. A loved one told Oxygen.com, Sierra has a son who is in need of assistance. He will require help with daily living needs and help with continued search for his mom. This has truly been a difficult and traumatic time for him and the family. The uncertainty of not knowing what will happen day to day is taking a toll on everyone. Another family member was quoted by Dayin247now.com as saying, He wants his mom. He's used to having her there every day. He's used to being able to pick up the phone and call her or see her or text her. To have that just snatch away from you in a twinkle of an eye, it's devastating. As of right now, it's not clear if investigators are looking into any suspects, but again, it kind of feels like one of those hint, hint, wink, wink situations where police, they have their eye on some things and it seems like there's an idea out there about what may have happened and who may be involved. And it seems like there's some work being done in the background that the public probably won't know about. Again, you'll find it in several articles, police straight up saying there are people who know what happened and that this seems like a well-orchestrated incident. Well-orchestrated incident. See, that's the one that actually stops me. That's the phrase I kept seeing repeated, which leads me to assume that, yeah, there's, there's a lot more going on than the public knows and they're working on some things. Articles have mentioned that police say they have had tips come in. They just have not led to that big, aha, we definitely got this evidence type moment. But I truly believe they are working on it. As of March 2023, a $20,000 cash reward is being offered for information leading to the whereabouts of Sierra Chapman. The FBI and the Miami Valley Crime Stoppers are offering a $10,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of Sierra and information that leads to the identification, arrest, and conviction of the person or persons responsible for her disappearance. Major Johns explained in a WDTN article, I've been here for 30 years. I've never seen as much done on one case regarding investigative follow-up and reports and other types of investigative things that we do on one case. But this is really important to us. We've received some tips, but nothing yet to help us bring about closure to this case. 
As of now, no one knows where Sierra is. No one has contact with her. And there's been no financial records showing that she has accessed any of her accounts. In a recent update from the Doc Ellis Foundation, we did find out that they did submit Sierra's case to Dateline NBC to hopefully be featured to give her case a bigger spotlight. So hopefully someone somewhere with information will come for finding Sierra. Now, that's all the official information I could find about the case, but I did find some other info around the web from less official sources. And I want to be clear, these are from random strangers on the internet. But these comments did pique my interest. So first, I saw a couple comments on a few different sites from people who say they live in or live by Middletown. Many make comments about the area Sierra's car was found in pointing out that this area is by a park that's really tucked away. A couple different people mentioned that you kind of have to be from that area to even know where this place is. I mean, it's residential, but it's tucked away and it's by a park and it's also by the Miami River. We'll get into that a little bit later. But a couple people on the web who say they're from the area have said that no, Whoever parked her car is somebody from Middletown or somewhere close ties to the area. They just don't believe that someone just lucked up and found that spot. Another thing I saw a few times on social media were individuals talking about Sierra being seen at a bar in Middletown called Jay Rocks the night she disappeared. And here's the thing. I saw a couple people mention this in comments and it took me by surprise because I was like, I didn't come across this. Where are they getting this information? So I doubled back and did some more searching and I only found two articles that mentioned this bar and each article seemed to have copied and pasted the same exact like two sentences about this bar. And I want to point that out because what I think happened is one of the writers wrote this and then somebody else used the other article as a source, but did not know how to explain that sentence and so they kind of just copied and pasted and what i mean by not knowing how to explain that sentence is that the wording around sierra being seen at the bar is a little bit wonky for example one of the articles was on yahoo sports and the article is titled police want help finding missing mom whose suv was found abandoned this article was posted january 17 2023 now, the exact quote from the article goes, Chapman traveled to Trotwood to West Dayton unto Germantown, then on Ohio 4 before heading through the areas of German Township and Germantown into Butler County unto Titus Avenue in Middletown. John says they know she was in the area of J. Rock's Bar in the 3000 block of Titus. Now, when I read that, I can see how someone can read that and maybe think they're saying, oh, they know she was in that area, but the information I think was trying to be relayed is that her car was definitely in that area. And again, if you look on the map where that bar is in the area where her car was found, her car had to pass through that area because the main focus of that paragraph is talking about the route they believe that the car took from the boyfriend's house to where they actually found the car. And the J-Rock bar, I think, is just a landmark to say around this area. And I don't think they meant it as in 
she was in that bar more we know her car had to pass by that bar and i think they threw that piece of information out there to say so if you were in that bar around that area if you saw this if you saw this car did you see anything did you see who was in it is there any info you can give us i do not believe they meant that she was actually seen in the actual bar herself and i wanted to throw that out there because i did see a couple comments that were talking about well she was actually seen in middleton i don't think that's the case and the reason i don't think that's the case is because every time i read an article or watch a news clip on this case whenever they mention her car being found in middletown everyone immediately goes huh and that's weird because she had no reason to be in that area she had no ties to that area if she was seen in a bar in that town i don't think that's what people would be saying i think we would get more information on dead police talk to the people in the bar, get surveillance video from the bar, and that's not the conversation we're having. So I think that was just some wonky wording from two articles that was kind of taken by people on the internet, and they kind of just ran with it as if she was seen there. I don't believe that actually happened. Again, after all the news press conferences that they've had and interviews police and family have done, I really feel like we would have heard that and that would have been mentioned but it has not. So again, I think that is just a misunderstanding due to the way that article was written. Now let's get into the theories. So we really only have one theory. We have a couple others and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But one major theory I did come across was from individuals who claimed to be from the area. In this theory, they do not believe that Sierra is currently alive. They do believe she is deceased. But the main part of the theory is that they believe that whoever is involved with her disappearance placed her in the Miami River and then parked the car where police found it. Now, the reason why this theory came about is because the car was found mighty close to the Miami River. Yes, it's in the residential area, but it is only about a five to eight minute drive, especially with no traffic from the area her car was found to the Miami River. Matter of fact, if you pull up both areas on a map, you'll see how close it is. With this theory, I've seen people take it in two different ways. One way is where they said that they believe that she is deceased and that whoever harmed her put her body in the river. They came and parked her car somewhere they thought would be in a secluded area that would take people a while to find the car. And then they called an Uber or Lyft to transport them somewhere else. Now with this theory, there's a couple issues with that. One being is Middletown's a very small area. It's Ohio, it's very small, it's maybe 50,000 people. And a couple people pointed out, there's probably not a Uber or Lyft that's out and about in this small town at 5 a.m. Because remember, her car was seen leaving her ex-boyfriend's parking lot around 4.30. We're talking about a 20 mile or so drive to the area where the car was found. So where that's gonna give or take at least 5 a.m. being the earliest that the car can be the car was disposed of. I don't know if I buy that there was a lot of Uber Lyft drivers circling this community at 5 a.m. And if there was, I don't believe that there was a Lyft or Uber driver that picked somebody up at 5 a.m. in this area and they have not come forth to tell the police, like, yeah, I picked somebody up. They said their car had broken down and this area 
at this very early time. This is not like a big city like Atlanta or Chicago where picking somebody up at 5 a.m. They just had so many pastors that they can't remember. I think with the amount of media press and attention that they have really pressed in this area, in this community, that if anybody was doing Uber or Lyft and they picked somebody up around this time, again, this is December 27th, that would mean this is around Christmas. I just don't believe with the amount of press that the police have put forward on this case in that area that no one would have came forward. Now, some people have mentioned that, well, the person could have walked from that area to a fast food place for a ride. And yep, that is totally possible. But then now we're just pulling hair and we can say all sorts of random possibilities. That, yeah, is a possibility. But again, it's just the likelihood just seems kind of on the low side. The other one is that, no, that car that was seen following behind her on surveillance was indeed following the car and that after they disposed of the car, whoever was in the car jumped into the other car and then they went along their way. Now, there are other theories out there, but they're less explained. They're really just one or two small sentences repeating the same type of thing over multiple sites, and they all seem to involve the ex-boyfriend. No one really gets into a why, where, or anything like that, but essentially it is a check the ex-boyfriend, he's involved, yada, yada, yada. She knew something, she knew something she wasn't supposed to know, or she didn't get back together with him, or all sorts of things. Again, they're really just kind of one or two sentences that aren't really explained and don't really go into detail. But unfortunately, that's all I have for this case. As of right now, Sierra is still missing. Her family and the police are still looking for her and still asking questions. And if you know any information, I ask that you reach out, even if it's anonymously, so Sierra can be found. If you'd like to submit a tip, you can call the Dayton Police at 937 333-COPS or 2677. You can also call the Miami Valley Crime Stoppers at 937-222-STOP or 7867. You can also submit a tip online at miamivalleycrimestoppers.com. You can submit that tip anonymously as well. That is all the information I have for today's case, guys. As always, I ask that you stay safe, you stay vigilant, and you hear the sound of my voice with a new episode in two weeks. Bye. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.